Do you need a break from the news? Well, my friend, Nerdette Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club that you can participate in. I could just go on and on about it. I loved this book. It was an experience, I'll tell you that. (laughs) I discovered authors I had never heard of, and I'm really happy that I did. Come hang out with us. Listen to Nerdette wherever you get your podcasts. When were the... What school's up? Who decides what the next... Where's that story? Why they keep the loop? What is this? It's Curious City. Where WBEZ answers your questions... About Chicago, the region, and its people. Hi, I'm reporter Sean Kennedy. After a few false starts, it's finally here. The elusive Chicago spring. Balmy temps, gentle breezes, and bird carcasses falling from the sky. You may not have noticed, but spring migration brings a huge number of birds over, around, and through Chicago. It's a carpet of birds. Millions. Tens of millions. And some of those birds get confused by the glass and lights and smash into windows and die. Lakeview resident Katie Call had heard about this biannual tragedy and wondered. How many birds die each year as they're migrating through Chicago? Specifically, she was curious about how many birds meet their end by hitting downtown skyscrapers. Katie likes birds. She grew up bird watching with her dad, and her sister is a bird researcher, and she's concerned about how birds dying in Chicago might affect their populations. So her question is kind of a two-parter. First, how many migratory birds die hitting those skyscraper windows on their way through Chicago? And second, is that number enough that we should worry about the bird population? Turns out there is someone trying to estimate that number. My name is Annette Prince. And I'm the director of Chicago Bird Collision Monitors. For a few weeks each spring and fall, the collision monitors patrol downtown Chicago. The volunteers help injured birds, but they also catalog dead ones. The idea behind the counting is to see where birds hit skyscraper windows, and the data might help show whether efforts to prevent the collisions are paying off. Katie and I want a first-hand look at the rescues and the counting. So, armed with a thermos full of coffee and sensible walking shoes, we joined a dawn patrol and went downtown on a gruesome urban bird hunt. That might be a bird there. Let's just check this out first. Potato chip bag, <laughs> in no need of rescue. I think I just found a diamond ring. <laughs> it doesn't take long, though, for Katie and me to see what we came for, and the count begins. See, these are dead, too. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Ten live birds and maybe 15 dead. The bird collision monitors rigorously track the birds they find, trying to discover the biggest hazards for migrating birds. Prince says they know bright lights downtown interfere with bird navigation systems. Almost the way you see insects pulled to a porch light or a candle flame, uh, birds see like the band on the top of the Hancock or the antennas on top of the Willis Tower. Those things are very, very bright beacons that they have shown birds get pulled towards them where they'll circle endlessly to the point of either exhaustion or flying into a window while they're circling it. About 20 years ago, the monitors and other advocates pushed for the Lights Out Chicago program, which encourages downtown buildings to turn off or dim their lights during migratory season. That move alone dropped the number of bird strikes by 80%. But the monitors still find dead birds, and their data suggests the buildings with the highest kill rate have one thing in common. The more uninterrupted, dangerous reflective glass, the worse it is. So, it's little wonder that our questioner Katie developed a deep hatred of Ludwig Mies van der Rohe, 
the architect who built and later inspired big, glassy, modernist buildings. I just see them as big buildings of bird death now. Big, black, bird-murdering buildings. Well, love me, sir, hate him, Katie asked for the number of dead birds and whether to worry about it. So, what is the bottom line number? Prince says her group finds 5,000 dead or injured birds in downtown Chicago each year. We know that's a tip of an iceberg. Which is fair, because the monitors are only out a few weeks each year, and volunteers only have so much time. Prince thinks it's easily tens of thousands of birds each year that die hitting windows in Chicago. Remember that, tens of thousands per year. But what to make of that number? For Annette Prince and the monitors, it's just plain wrong that humans allow homes and offices to kill so many birds. But not every bird lover sees it in such tragic terms. Take Doug Stotts, a conservation ecologist at the Field Museum. He agrees with Prince's estimate that tens of thousands of birds die in Chicago every year. He sees Chicago as just one small hazard in a much larger journey. We sit on what's known as the Mississippi Flyway, a sort of superhighway for migratory birds. The city is more hospitable than you might think. We think of Chicago as being all gray with you know, buildings and streets and so on. But there's a huge number of trees here compared to the agricultural counties, which are mostly corn. Imagine that, Chicago, an oasis in a big corn desert. And more than 200 species come through the flyway every year. That includes short hops like the yellow-bellied sapsucker, which flies from the southern U.S. to just north of the Great Lakes, and also the Connecticut warbler, which flies from the jungles of South America to the Canadian tundra and back every year. All told, about 40% of all North American migratory birds use the Mississippi Flyway. And many of those, at some point or another, have to navigate Chicago's architecture. But they also have to navigate a lot of other dangers. Between starvation, storms, habitat loss, predators, buildings are just one more hurdle. Stotts remembers a few years ago when there was a huge number of birds passing over Chicago. And then a big storm hit and they came together out over the lake. And so the birds got forced down into the lake where they drowned. And then Stotts and his colleagues found 4,000 dead birds washed up on Chicago beaches. That's just the kind of thing that happens when billions of birds migrate. Migration is an inherently dangerous thing that birds are doing. And this is just one piece of it. So that estimate of tens of thousands of birds dying after hitting buildings in Chicago every year? Well, there are tens of billions of birds migrating through here, so it sounds like a lot, but there are a lot of birds out there. So as an ecologist, Stotts isn't wild about the number of birds killed by Chicago's buildings, but he's not too concerned either. But if you, the listener, do feel bad about the number of birds that die because of humans, here are a few things to consider. Any window can kill a bird, not just the ones in skyscrapers. Taping patterns on your own windows during migratory season, or even just leaving them dirty, can make the windows less confusing for birds. So can turning out your lights at night. But if you're looking for the best bang-for-your-buck way to cut down on bird deaths, you've got to look at the biggest human-related killer of birds. Not windows, but cats. Yes, cute kitties kill about 2.5 billion birds every year across the U.S. So keeping your cat inside for a few weeks in the spring and fall might be the most cost-effective way to cut down on bird deaths. As far as our questioner, Katie Call, she says while Chicago's buildings might not be driving birds to extinction, she's in that camp who wants our city to kill fewer birds. I definitely want to be involved in some way now that I know about this, I, other than doing the early morning route. Which maybe, maybe I'll do that. Reporting for this story came from me, Sean Kennedy. 
Support for Curious City comes from the Doris and Howard Conant Fund for Journalism. Curious City is supported by Goose Island. Since 1988, Goose Island has been following their curiosity and have been committed to brewing beers for Chicago that are celebrated worldwide by beer critics and beer lovers alike. More at gooseisland.com. We don't need to be the only beer you drink. We just want to be the best you drink. Next time on Curious City, have you ever noticed Chicago has a lot of bring-your-own-bottle restaurants? Chicago may have so many BYOBs because it's hard for restaurants to get liquor licenses. Like, owners have to get fingerprinted. So do their spouses. So do investors in the restaurant. But that's not the whole story. Why Chicago is the BYOB capital of the nation. That's next time on WBEZ's Curious City. Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Meantime, it was chaos today at the Chicago City Council. A Chicago cop with a controversial past is running for judge. Other times, you're looking for a deeper understanding of what's going on in the city. Wow, that's so, no one has asked me that question. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts or at wbez.org slash rundown. At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts.